Fanatics Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Mete, Terry, and Nate. What's up, boys? What's up? Hey, yo. All right. In today's episode, uh, taking a look at week, week 15 scores uh, for all the games that happened, uh, we'll recap those, and then we'll head into the fantasy football pickups for the week. We're talking about pickups. Uh, most leagues are in their fantasy football playoffs at the moment. Definitely have some good players for you guys to pick up. And then we'll move right into the preview for week 16. I think there's only three weeks left in the NFL season. So a lot of interesting games at hand. So we'll look at the spreads there. And I guess project winners for the games and give out some fantasy options for that. So, yeah, let's just hop right into it. We'll start with the Thursday night game. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs winning in overtime against the LA Chargers, 34-28. to 28. Uh, I guess I'll just get to the stats for the Chiefs first. Uh, looking at passing, Patrick Mahomes, four, 410 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. In terms of rushing, Mahomes led the team with three carries for 32 yards. Clyde Edwards so they're also at 32 yards on nine carries. And Michael Burton's one carry went for seven yards and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Travis Kelsey, 10 catches for 191 yards and two touchdowns. Tyree Kill, 12 catches for 148 yards and one touchdown. And Byron Pringle had three for 22. Nate, I'm going to get to you on Kansas City. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this big win? Um, It's a really big win. It was almost down to the wire, but they were able to get in in overtime. I think um, the Chargers are at a really good offense, so you can't really shut down a team like the Chargers, so you just have to outgun them, and Kansas City did. Yeah, they definitely did outgun them in this game. There were a lot of chances that the Chargers could have put the game away, but that didn't happen. Uh, we'll get to the stats for the Chargers now. Justin Herbert, 236 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and an interception. In terms of rushing, Justin Jackson, 13 carries, 86 yards. Austin Eckler, 12 carries for 59 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then Justin Herbert at five carries for 16 yards and a rushing touchdown. Now getting to receiving Keenan Allen, six catches, 78 yards and a receiving touchdown. Mike Williams, three for 49. And Jared Cook, three catches for 32 yards. While Jalen Guyton had two catches for 10 and a receiving touchdown. Mete, let me get to you on the Chargers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this loss? Uh, this was pretty frustrating, honestly. Uh, they started down like 10 nothing, and I was thinking to myself, uh, the Chiefs are about to blow them out, but they made a really good game out of it. Uh, twice on uh, fourth and goal, they go for it. They didn't get anything. And a couple other times, they went for it on fourth and one, fourth and two, something like that. So, yeah, they didn't convert a lot of fourth downs. I think nowadays... A lot of teams just uh, love going for it on fourth down. If it's like a couple yards, they don't even think about it because analytics tells you, oh, going for it is the play. But I don't know. I feel like kicking and punting nowadays is kind of underrated. Yeah, I think analytics is good, but you got to know where and when to use it. I feel like teams are just abusing it at this point just because of the um, click percentages that, that you can sort of make it that uh, I feel like they use it in the wrong situations and they get themselves in trouble uh, not being able to get points at key times. And that's sort of what the Chargers did. Could have easily put this game away with a couple field goals there at the end. Didn't happen. Chiefs came and won it in overtime. 
Uh, let's move to the next game now. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, beating the New England Patriots 27 to 17. Um, getting to the stats for the Colts. Um, in terms of passing, Carson Wentz didn't have to do much here. 12 attempts, 57 yards, uh, passing touchdown and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Jonathan Taylor, big day, 29 carries, 170 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then in terms of receiving, Zach Paschal, one catch for 23. T.Y. Hilton, one catch for 19 yards. And a 9M Hines, one catch for eight yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, let me get to you on the Colts. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Jonathan Taylor's becoming a beast in, at, well, at running back right now. I mean, 170 yards on 29 carries with the touchdown. And then he iced the game away for the Indianapolis Colts with that 67-yard uh, rush. I know it was probably heartbreaking for James over here as he is the <laughs> Patriots fan out of the four of us. Um, all I can say is Jonathan Taylor's going to be um, an interesting guy to look forward to, whether it be fantasy or when it comes to building a team around um, in the future. Uh, the one game behind the Titans in the NFC South for the top spot. So it's just one step in the right direction for these guys. They're on a two-game winning streak, and good luck to them next week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, as a Patriots fan, you just got to respect what this Colts team's doing. Um, I mean, as soon as Taylor got the ball, and he got past the first set of defenders. I knew he was gone. Uh, there's no way when you stack the box like that that you can catch a guy uh, running at that speed. And, yeah, Taylor's an amazing player. Uh, de definitely uh, had a great run there. Uh, we'll get to the Patriots now. In terms of passing, Mac Jones, 299 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, in terms of rushing, Ramondre Stevenson, 10 carries for 36 yards. And then through the air, Hunter Henry, six catches, 77 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Nikhil Harry, two catches for 52 yards. Kendrick Bourne, three for 44. And Jacoby Myers, six catches, and they went for 44 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to on the Patriots. I guess, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess my general thoughts are they should pass to their tight ends more because um, Hunter Henry was basically uh, carrying most of um, the offensive load and he got most of the touchdowns for them so I feel like generally this could be a case of um, a lot of tight ends aren't getting um, enough targets so I feel like um, more teams should be targeting the tight ends more. Yeah definitely especially the Patriots they got two like solid I'd say probably two of the top 15 tight ends in the league play for the Patriots so um you got good playmakers there. You definitely got to get them the ball. And yeah, Hunter Henry made some fantastic catches in this game. I definitely agree with you on that. Um, tough loss for the Patriots. They just got to move on. They got a big divisional game against Buffalo um, this coming week. So um, we'll get now to the Sunday slate. Um, Dallas Cowboys beating the New York Giants 21 to 6. Um, big game for the Cowboys here. We'll get to the stats. Dak Prescott, 217 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, Tony Pollard, 12 carries for 74 yards. Ezekiel Elliott, 16 carries for 52 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Dalton Schultz, eight catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. CeeDee Lamb, six catches for 50 yards. Michael Gallup, three for 32. And Jeremy Sprinkle, two catches for 21 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Cowboys. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Yeah, it's another game where the defense carried. The offense was a little bit better, I'd say, but... Uh, it's not looking like their usual selves. Uh, but yeah, having Tony Pollard back out there was great. He led the team in rushing. 
And hopefully next week they can get the NFC East wrapped up and rest Elliot as he's battling some injuries, but he's still uh, playing through it. So, yeah, hopefully this week, I guess, uh, they get it done. Yeah, for sure. Um, Elliot, obviously, he hasn't had that burst that he's had in the past. He's still getting it done in the red zone. Nice to see him getting a touchdown here. Uh, we'll get to the Giants now. In terms of passing, both Mike Glennon and Jake Fromm passed for under 100 yards. Three interceptions for Glennon. Not a real solid day overall for either of the two. In terms of rushing, Devontae Booker, um, eight carries for 74 yards. Saquon Barkley, 15 for 50. And then in terms of receiving, Kenny Galladay, three catches, 53 yards. Evan Ingram, four for 33 yards. And then Saquon Barkley had four catches for 24 yards. Um, I guess I'll get to you, Terry, on the Giants. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? I mean, the Giants, this ain't their year right now. Uh, you got to deal with injuries with guys like Saquon Barkley. And then you have the situation with Daniel Jones not playing uh, this game. And you have to start Michael and then it's not really a way to play spoilers against this juggernaut of a Dallas Cowboys offense. And you can't really combat that when you're only putting up six points. Outside of that, I mean, there's nothing that much else to say. I mean, Candy Galladay's the lead receiver right now. You're hoping for a guy like, uh, oh my God. I've got the rookie wide receiver. Kadarius oh, Tony. Yeah. Yeah, that guy right there. You're hoping for him to possibly like get healthy for next year but outside of that I mean it's not that much else you can do just play your vets try not to overwork them to cause injury but outside of that I mean better luck next yeah better luck next year yeah I definitely agree I think there is a chance Kadarius Tony comes off the COVID list for this coming week's game but like you said it's pretty much a write-off at this point for that team it doesn't look like Daniel Jones uh, is gonna play uh, most likely. And yeah, honestly, uh, like you said, better luck next year. Definitely looking forward to the future. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, Houston Texans, they've been playing pretty well lately. Um, ever since Davis Mills uh, got started getting the starts again. Yeah, 30 points from this team. They beat the Jaguars 30 to 16. Uh, we'll look at the stats. We'll start with Davis Mills. 209 passing yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And then in terms of rushing, Rex Burkhead, 16 carries for 41 yards. Then moving to receiving, Brandon Cooks, seven catches, 102 yards and two touchdowns. Philip Dorsett, two for 43. And Jordan Akins, two catches for 24 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Texans. Uh, it's a pretty big win for them. Yeah, I mean, I guess um, it is against the, the Jaguars. They don't have the best defense, but at the same time, the Texans don't have the best offense either so it became a case of um who can use what what they have better and i guess the texans are better at that yeah i mean uh, just looking at the way davis mills has been playing lately he's a great guy to sort of transition them through this rebuild period uh, they don't really have to necessarily draft a quarterback right away he's sort of that placeholder guy you can definitely build a team around him and then definitely uh, draft a quarterback, uh, I guess, in a couple of years and then sort of drop him into that situation. Definitely have some great res results. So I like what the Texans have going so far. Uh, we'll get to the Jaguars now. In terms of passing, Trevor Lawrence, 210 passing yards for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, James Robinson, 18 carries for 75 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then through the air, uh, we have James O'Shaughnessy, who led with four catches for 60 yards. Laquan Treadwell, six for 57. LaVisca Chenault, 
um, four catches, 439 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on Jacksonville. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team? Yeah, I know uh, specifically this game was like a toilet bowl, but I kind of was expecting them to win this game. They're at home. They just fired uh, Urban Myers, and yeah, uh, the locker room didn't sound like it was great there. So I thought they'd be fired up and ready to go, but yeah, the Texans played great. Like you said, ever since Mills took over, they've been looking much better. And I guess my thoughts on this team, they're just a rebuilding team. Looks like it might be the number one overall pick again for the draft. We'll see in the upcoming weeks. I think going forward, they might need to invest in like wide receivers, tight ends. Their weapons there aren't the greatest. And Obviously, they got to work on the defense. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. There's a lot of holes on this team. Um, yeah, whether it's wide receiver, whether it's up front, both on the offensive line and the defensive line, there's just a lot of holes. Definitely have a lot to fix. So it's pretty much just a transition year for the Jaguars. Uh, we'll move to the next game. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers beating the Tennessee Titans 19-13. to A great game for Pittsburgh, especially on defense. They got a lot of turnovers in this game. In terms of offense, though, Ben Roethlisberger, 148 passing yards. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 18 rushing yards. Well, Roethlisberger had a rushing touchdown in this game. It's pretty interesting there. Uh, we'll get to receiving. De Deontay Johnson, five catches for 38 yards. Pat Fryermuth, four for 37. And James Washington, three catches for 36 yards. Um, Terry, I'm going to get to you on Pittsburgh. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? I mean... This is what happens when you stand up or have a team meeting on team's logo. Uh, with that being said, I feel like they got fired up for once. And I mean, the numbers don't really say that much, but I feel like they held them down defensively. This kind of injury depleted Titans offense and they just got the W. It's not really going to mean that much unless they're trying to make that last minute push for the wild card. But I mean, a win's a win, and this is what you got to do. Yeah, I think to be fair, both teams have been banged up for most of the year. Obviously, guys like Juju Smith-Schuster uh, out for the season. You have a lot of guys on the defense for Pittsburgh banged up. But, yeah, they did really well to get this win. Um, I think even Julio Jones caught an injury in this game. He's having a really tough first year in Tennessee. We'll see if he can turn it around. But we'll get to the stats here for the Titans. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 153 passing yards and an interception. In terms of rushing, Deontay Foreman, 22 carries for 108 rushing yards. Dontrell Hilliard, 9 for 49. And Ryan Tannehill at 5 for 18 and a rushing touchdown. Getting to receiving, Nick Westbrook, Akeen, uh, 4 catches, 32 yards. Chester Rogers, 4 for 30. And Deontay Foreman, 2 catches for 27 yards. I guess, Nate, I'll get to you on Tennessee. This is a pretty tough loss for them. Yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. Um, they ran up against a Steelers team that's um, really familiar with how to defend against, uh, I guess, teams that are uh, run first, and then they use their pass to mix it up because they have the Browns and the Ravens in their division. So I feel like they do match up with the Titans pretty well. And the Titans don't have Derrick Henry and age the Brown, so that does, definitely doesn't help. But at the same time, they do still have a winning record, and I feel like the game at least was close on paper, although they did get shut down in the second half. So they might need to, I guess, go back to the drawing board and see what works. 
Yeah, I guess uh, Titans hopefully um, can get Julio Jones back. I think they said it was a minor pull on the hamstring, so there's a chance he does play uh, for this coming week's game. And then there's a chance they get A.J. Brown back as well. So they need as many pieces back as possible as, yeah, um, they just really can't afford to lose any more games as the Colts are sort of biting on their heels for the division. And then uh, moving to the next game, uh, divisional game here, the Miami Dolphins being the New York Jets, 31 to 24. Uh, getting to the stats for the Dolphins, two Otega Vailoa, 196 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. Uh, in terms of rushing, Duke Johnson led this team with 22 carries for 107 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. Huge day for him. Uh, Miles Gaskin, 10 carries for 54 yards on the ground. And then uh, getting to receiving now, uh, Devontae Parker, four catches for 68 yards and a rushing touchdown. Isaiah Ford, uh, three catches for 51 yards. And then Mike Kosicki, five catches for 43 yards. Um, and then I think Christian Wilkins, yeah, one catch for one yard and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Mete, I'm going to get to you on the Dolphins. Pretty big win for them. Yeah, they're keeping it rolling. I think that's, what, five, six in a row. So they're looking good. And I, I honestly didn't watch this game. So seeing Duke Johnson's stats is kind of surprising. Uh, looks like he might take over that backfield. Miles Gas Gaskin, he's been okay. But yeah, I guess if Duke Johnson has a performance like that, he definitely uh, might just feed most of the carries to him. So yeah, Dolphins are looking good. And uh, they're trying to make a last-second playoff push. So let's see if they can get it done. Yeah, they've been playing really solid. And, I mean, if the Bills take another loss this coming weekend to the Patriots, I think Dolphins would probably be tied if they get a win. So they have a very excellent chance of trying to get into the playoffs. Obviously, like you said, they, they might need some help or whatever to get in as they had a rough start. But, yeah, it's definitely possible for this team. Uh, we'll get to the Jets now. Zach Wilson, 170 passing yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, Tevin Coleman, eight carries for 50 yards. And then both Zach Wilson and Braxton Berrios had rushing touchdowns. Wilson, four for 12, and Berrios, two for 10 rushing yards. And then we'll get to receiving. Jamison Crowder, five catches for 40 yards. Ryan Griffin, two for 39. And Tyler Croft, two catches for 35 yards. Um, Terry, let me get to you on the Jets. They kept this game pretty close, but they still came away with the loss. I guess, what are your thoughts? I mean, there's not that many thoughts when you're at the bottom of the AFC East division. Uh, it's rough because of the fact that, I mean, this team has so much promise sometimes. They drafted Zach Wilson out of BYU, and then this is what happens in his first year in, you know, each run of foot. I mean, I always say the Jets are the Jets, but this is becoming, like, unbearable sometimes. You're hoping for this team to turn it around. I mean, the Dolphins look like, they were going to be the embarrassment of the AFC East until they started going on the winning streak. I mean, the Jets' only positive this year is probably beating Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. And outside of that, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It's, I mean, sometimes you, it's funny, but at this rate, like, you want to cry for this team. And, <laughs> I mean, they did have the Mike White situation, or I forgot what his name was at QB until whatever happened to him. And then, I mean, then we're back at Zach Wilson again. I mean, I don't know, address defense in the draft, most likely free agency. 
let the offense figure itself out eventually. Everyone's going to have to develop. You got Braxton Berrios, you got um, oh God, uh, Elijah Moore, and then probably another wide out there that I'm not a thousand percent sure who his name is. Probably, God, what's his name? Maybe Austin Walton. Not a thousand percent sure if he's. I think uh, you know, Dave, I think Davis is injured, but yeah, I think he's yeah he's there. Yeah, but you get my point. It's like a lot yeah. of these young wideouts need to develop if anything, and I mean it's just. It's just getting tired watching the Jets fail year after year and being at the bottom of the AFCs. But that's all I got to say. Man. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with you. Um, although some people don't really like Zach Wilson, I think he has a lot of talent. He just needs the right situation around him. He can make a lot of throws that, that some quarterbacks can't make. Like he, he's really solid. Um, he, just, he just needs to be in the right situation. Hopefully they can give that to him in the coming future. Um, we'll move on to the next game. Huge upset win for the Lions. They beat the Cardinals 30 to 12. I know the Cardinals were out a lot of players in this game, but still really solid from the Lions. Um, looking at their stats, Jared Goff, 216 passing yards and three passing touchdowns for him. Really, probably his best game of the season. Um, in terms of rushing, Craig Reynolds, Mete, your guy, 26 carries for 112 rushing yards. The coach went right back to him in back to back weeks. So, really solid game from him. Then in terms of receiving, Amon Ross St. Brown, eight catches for 90 yards and a receiving touchdown. Josh Reynolds, um, six catches for 68 yards and a receiving touchdown. And then Khalif Raymond, two catches for 20 yards, while Jason Kabinda went into the end zone, one catch for six yards and that touchdown. Um, Nate, let me get to you on the Lions. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? A really impressive win, even though uh... – Cardinals aren't fully healthy normally as long as Kyler Murray is in. Um, basically, um, the Cardinals offense can always go off for at least uh, 20 or more, but the Lions figured out a way to keep them under 20, and they were somehow able to get over um, to the end zone multiple times. So really impressive win by the Lions. Yeah, really impressive win. I think this is the first time they've been over 30 points all season, if I'm uh, not mistaken. So yeah, uh, really impressive for this Lions team. Uh, we'll get to the Cardinals now. Kyler Murray, 257 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception for him. In terms of rushing, Chase Edmonds, six carries for 53 yards, James Conner, eight for 39. Then in terms of receiving, Christian Kirk, nine catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, six catches for 74 yards and AJ Green, four catches for 64 yards. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll get to you on the Cardinals. I guess, what are your thoughts on this loss? Uh, it's a pretty embarrassing loss, I won't lie. Uh, they're one of the contenders right now, and they just gave the Lions their second win on the year. So I know they're on the road. They're missing their top receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, but still, this is the Lions who previously to this game, they had one win, so... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone expected them to get it done. And yeah, it's it's pretty rough. They give up 30 points and only score 12. So pretty rough showing for the Cardinals. Yeah, it has been tough because they've lost back-to-back games now. Uh, Green Bay obviously taking the number one spot in the NFC now. Um, yeah, the, the path to the playoffs is getting tougher for the Cardinals for sure. They should make it, but uh, whether their seed uh, is top or, or middle, we'll have to see about that. I guess we'll move to the next game. Big win for the Bills. They beat the Carolina Panthers 31-14. to 14. Uh, We'll get to the stats uh, here for Buffalo. 
Um, Josh Allen, 210 passing yards, uh, three passing touchdowns for him and an interception. In terms of rushing, Devin Singletary, 22 carries for 86 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Gabriel Davis, five catches, 85 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Dawson Knox, four catches for 38 yards. Cole Beasley, four for 35. And Stefan Diggs, four catches for 35 yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, Terry, I'm going to get to you on the Bills. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? I mean, this is a win you got to capitalize on, especially against this Carolina Panthers team that hasn't been looking good ever since the start of the year. Outside of, I would say, Diggs' mediocre pedestrian, like, <clears throat> stat line, I mean, the rest of the team helped pave the way. You just said Gabriel Davis, 85 yards with two touchdowns, and that helps out the team, especially when your star wideout isn't always producing at that star level you always expect. Cole Beasley also helping with the weight on, I believe, four for 35, something like that. Outside of that, I mean, this is another win that you have to capitalize on, especially with a team like, I believe, the Patriots at the top of your division now. And as you said, when it came to the Cardinals, uh, you being the top uh, division, you being at the top of your division can make or break you probably making a streak into the playoffs or not. And the Bills at this rate, if they <clears throat> don't win against the Patriots, it may look like they're going to have one of those wild card spots. Yeah, for sure. I think to be fair to Stefan Diggs, though, he was shadowed uh, by Stefan Gilmore for most of the game. His only real big catch was that one there in the end zone. But other than that, he was shut down. So, yeah, great showing by Gabriel Davis for sure. And, yeah, the Bills definitely need to keep things rolling. We'll see what they can do against the Patriots this coming week. Uh, we'll get to the Panthers now. Um, in terms of passing, Cam Newton, 156 passing yards, a passing touchdown, and an interception. In terms of rushing, Cam Newton led them as well, 15 carries, 71 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. It's a good day on the ground for him. Chuba Hubbard, eight carries, 40 yards, and Robbie Anderson, two for 33. You really saw it from Anderson there. Getting to receiving, Amir Abdullah, four catches for 48 yards and a receiving touchdown. DJ Moore, six catches for 48 yards. Robbie Anderson, three catches for 29 yards. And uh, Brandon Zalstra, two for 17 yards. And uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Panthers. They've won two out of their past 11 games. I guess, what are your thoughts? Yes, really uh, disappointing tail end of the season for the Panthers, I think. The Panthers had a really good start to their um, season. They had, I think, the, they had the number one offense for a few weeks, but unfortunately, uh, Christian McCaffrey was, was injured. Um, they ended up getting Cam Newton back, and he had a pretty good first couple of games, but now he hasn't really been uh, playing like how we used to remember Cam Newton on the Panthers. So really not sure um what or why it's uh, turning out this way so really unfortunate yeah really unfortunate they have a lot of injuries um, both on offense and defense christian mccaffrey is the main one um yeah it's just been a rough year they probably need a new coaching staff next season in my opinion definitely see if that happens for them i'll move on to the next game um, big win here for the Bengals, uh, 15 to 10 over the Broncos, two teams that they had the same record coming into this game and Bengals got it done really solid uh, in terms of passing Joe Burrow, um, 157 passing yards and a passing touchdown in terms of rushing Joe Mixon, 17 carries for 58 yards. And then in terms of receiving Tyler Boyd, five catches for 96 yards and a touchdown. 
Uh, T. Higgins, two for 23, and C.J. Uzama, three catches for 18 yards. I guess, Terry, let me get to you on the Bengals. I guess, what are your thoughts on your team? The win, you want to take it where you get it. doesn't matter if you're the Broncos or the Jets or I guess the Raiders at this rate. You're going to take these wins, especially if you're trying to hold off the Ravens in their, I believe, yeah, AFC North uh, title push. With that being said, I mean, who's left on our schedule right now? We have the Chiefs. Well, all right, we can hold that L right there. And then we got to play the Browns who are, you know, I mean, out of respect to Nathan, I'm not going to say anything bad, but they're looking kind of like a mess, especially since OJP left. So, I mean, we're probably looking like a 9-8 and eight team, something like that. Will it win us the division? Probably not, especially with – uh, I forgot the guy's name on the Ravens, Huntley something. But um, with that said, I mean, I'm looking forward to, if we're lucky, a wild card spot. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, Bengals have played pretty solid for most of the year. They had some ups and downs, but definitely looking solid. Um, there is still a chance they win their division, which is pretty impressive overall, considering where they were in the standings last season. Uh, we'll get to the Broncos now. In terms of passing, Teddy Bridgewater, 98 passing yards. He had a serious injury. Heard he spent the night in the hospital. Really unfortunate for him. Uh, and then Drew Locke came in, 88 passing yards to passing touchdowns. A decent day overall. Uh, we'll get to rushing now. Javante Williams, 15 carries for 72 yards. Um, Melvin Gordon, 15 carries for 53 yards. It's insane how they keep their snap counts even at this point. Uh, getting to receiving. Um, Alberto, three catches for 58 yards. Noah Fant, uh, five for 57. Tim Patrick, three catches for 42 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on the Broncos. It's a pretty tough loss. Yeah, it's a tough loss. And notice how James didn't uh, announce Jerry Ju Judy's stats as he goes for zero reception, zero yards. And if you had him on your fantasy team like me, uh, in the playoffs, especially, that's super disappointing. So, yeah, that's tough. Uh, the passing game really wasn't there. The running game was pretty much what kept them in this game. I know, uh, like you said, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt, and I definitely like the offense better with him than Drew Locke. So that definitely plays a factor as well. But at least the defense did really good. Uh, holding to a, a team to 15 points, especially a Cincinnati team who's got a nice offense, I think, is pretty impressive. So, yeah, it's a tough loss, but uh, there are definitely some positives to take, I think, from this game. Yeah, definitely some positives in terms of defense for Denver. Uh, definitely some negatives in terms of Teddy Bridgewater uh, being uh, taken out on a stretcher. And yeah, I didn't mention Jerry Judy because we don't like burying players on here. So uh, yeah, uh, hopefully he can bounce back next game. Uh, yeah, we'll move on to the next game now. Uh, it's the San Francisco 49ers uh, beating the Atlanta Falcons 31-13. Uh, to 13. A big win here for the 49ers. Uh, we'll get to the stats here for San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo, 235 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Uh, in terms of rushing, Jeff Wilson, 21 carries, 110 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Debo Samuel, six carries for 29 yards and a rushing touchdown. And Kyle Juszczyk had one carry for six yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, getting to receiving, George Kittle, six catches, 93 yards. 
And then Debo Samuel had four for 60 yards. Brandon Ayuk, one catch for 36 yards. And Jawan Jennings had three catches for 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the 49ers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Really impressive win by the um, 49ers. I know the Falcons, they've been really up and down in terms of their offense, but they do have a pretty deep offense on paper. And I guess normally uh, you wouldn't, uh, think of the 49ers of having a good offense, but I mean, they, they clearly do because they were able to get 30 points. Yeah, definitely agree with that. The offense and defense is clicking ever since they got healthier. I think the only problem we've had with this 49ers team is they've never been healthy. And as they get healthier, they're just becoming a stronger team. It's really nice to see. Um, we'll get to the Falcons now in terms of their stats. Matt Ryan, 236 passing yards and a passing, and a passing touchdown for him. Uh, Mike Davis, six carries for 21 yards. Matt Ryan at five for 20 on the ground. And then moving to receiving, uh, Russell Gage, eight catches, 91 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Kyle Pitts, four catches for 77 yards. And Olamedi Zacchaeus had two catches for 57 yards. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll get you on the Falcons. It's a pretty rough loss. Yeah, and again, notice how James doesn't read. Cordell Patterson stats, another one of my guys, uh, terrible week for fantasy for me. Yeah, I really uh, fell in love with him this year. Uh, he's duo uh, position eligible for fantasy, wide receiver, running back. He's been getting most of the carries, and he's their best playmaker. So he got stuffed, and the offense had a rough week. But at least Russell Gage, he's been playing really good lately. And yeah, Kyle Pitts, he had a pretty good game too. Uh, but outside of that, not many positives. The defense gives up 30 plus points. That's tough. And you only get 13 points. So that's also tough. And yeah, the Falcons, I guess they've had a decent season. I won't lie. Uh, six and eight, I probably wouldn't be expecting that record from them at this point, uh, at the start of the season. Yeah, for sure. They have won a lot of games. Like they've, they've beaten teams below them, which is something you have to do. Um, you got to win the easy games. And then, you know, the tougher ones, obviously, uh, they haven't done a good job of that. But yeah, pretty solid. And yeah, I didn't want to mention Patterson's yards per carry because it wasn't very good in this game. Definitely don't want to be burying guys like that. All right, moving on to the next game, uh, we have the Green Bay Packers being the Baltimore Ravens 31 to 30, a really tight game overall. We'll get to the stats for the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 268 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. In terms of rushing, uh, Aaron Jones, 13 carries uh, for 58 rushing yards. Uh, and then A.J. Dillon, seven carries for 22 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, getting to receiving Marquez Valdez-Scanling, five catches, 98 yards and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, six catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. Mercedes Lewis, three catches for 40 yards. Then Aaron Jones, two catches for 12 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, let me get to you on the Packers. I guess, what are your thoughts on this clutch win? Good for them to win. I mean, as a Bengals fan, I was hoping for them to win, especially since the Ravens now have the same exact record as us. Um, not that much else to say because I don't really watch the Packers as much. Uh, I mean, bravo for them. Yeah, I mean, top of the NFC. Uh, they're just pretty much rolling, just like last year at this point. Hopefully they can uh, get a deeper run in the playoffs this time. Uh, we'll get to the Ravens now. Uh, looking at their stats, Tyler Huntley started at quarterback. 
Um, he had 215 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, in terms of rushing, Huntley led them with 13 carries for 73 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And Latavius Murray had seven carries for 48 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Mark Andrews, 10 catches, 136 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Marquise Brown, 10 catches for 43 yards. Devin Duvernay, three for 13 yards. And I guess, Nate, what are your thoughts on this Ravens team? I guess the Ravens are another example of why you should trust your tight end with more targets because um, Mark Andrews was uh, putting in a lot of work for the receiving ends. 136 yards is really impressive, especially for tight ends, because normally only wide receivers really get that that many targets. But Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends in the league. So if you have a really good tight end, you can uh, go toe to toe even with teams like the Eagles. Yeah, for sure. They almost won this game too. There at the end, they went. Um... I guess for two instead of tying it and we know how that turned out. So um, I guess Packers, uh, they could have still gone down to get a field goal, I guess, if they did tie it. But um, either way, Packers still got the win over the Ravens. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Um, taking a look at uh, the next score here. Um, yeah, that, it was the Sunday night game, actually. A really tight game, uh, low scoring. Uh, Saints beating the Bucks 9-0. Um, really surprising re result from this, I guess, offensive juggernaut in the Buccaneers, but we'll get to the Saints first. Taysom Hill, 154 passing yards. Um, and then in terms of rushing, he led the team on 11 carries for 33 rushing yards. And then in terms of receiving, Marquez Callaway, six catches uh, for 112 receiving yards. And there really wasn't much else here. I think this game, um, you know, it, it was won by just like three field goals. It was just um, really low scoring. Um, I guess Mete, I'll get to you on the Saints. Uh, what are your thoughts on this win? Yeah, this is a huge upset. Uh, they sweep the Buccaneers this year, and we were joking about how the Saints have Brady's number, but I guess it's not a joke anymore. As uh, yeah, they're definitely uh, they know how to play against him. Uh, shutting out the Buccaneers—that's definitely not an easy task. And for the Cowboys' point of view, this is a huge win as uh, the Buccaneers and Cardinals lost, allowing the Cowboys to get the second seed. So, yeah, uh, Cowboys are getting some help. And I guess going forward, the Saints, they look great. They could make the playoffs. Uh, next season, I'd like to see them get, like, a better quarterback, better tight end. And, yeah, I think they could be a contender for sure. Yeah, I mean, a uh, really big win. I think they swept the Bucs in back-to-back -back years, uh, aside from that playoff game. So, yeah, um, Saints really do match up well against the Bucs. Uh, we'll get to the Bucs now. A lot of injuries happen in this game, uh, but we'll get to the stats. Tom Brady, 214 passing yards and an interception. Um, and then in terms of rushing, um, Ronald Jones, eight carries for 63 yards. Leonard Fournette, nine carries for 34 yards. I believe he got injured in this game. In terms of receiving, Chris Godwin, six catches for 49 receiving yards. I think he also got injured. He might be out for the season. Um, Tyler Johnson, four catches for 41 yards. Leonard Fournette, seven catches for 33 yards. And yeah, um, I guess getting to you, Terry, what are your thoughts on the Bucs? First off, let me just say this one thing for the Saints. Whoever's paying for Brett Maynard's dinner for the rest of the week, I appreciate you. Um, second off, 
it's going to be rough for Brady and company for the next, I don't know, let's say until the playoffs, because that's when the projected time for, I believe, Chris Godwin can return. Outside of that, it is rough losing Leonard Fournette, um, as well as the fact that you're now down to, I believe, Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, and then probably Le'Veon Bell that we'll talk about probably later in the preview. With that said, Antonio Brown does come back from suspension, I believe. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but hopefully he'll help this depleted offense of the Bucks get through until playoff time. Yeah, it, it is going to be tough. It's going to be tough for them to try and go back to back this year because uh, they were fortunately very healthy in the playoffs last season. Um, it's going to be tough for, for that uh, to happen again. And yeah, I definitely agree with you. A lot of uh, next man up situations uh, now for the Bucks. Uh, we'll get to the Monday night game. Actually, there was more than one Monday night game. Uh, we'll start with the Raiders beating the Browns uh, 16 to 14. Um, I guess we'll just get to the stats here for the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr, 236 passing yards, a passing touchdown and an interception. Josh Jacobs, 15 carries on the ground for 52 rushing yards. And then in terms of receiving, Say Jones, six catches, 67 yards. Foster Moreau, seven for 65. Josh Jacobs, three for 42. And Hunter Renfro, three catches for 32 yards. While Brian Edwards had three catches for eight yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, I guess, Mette, I'll get to you on the Raiders. I guess, what are your thoughts on this win? Uh, honestly, it's not that impressive. Uh, they got out to a nice 10 nothing lead, and I thought they could run away with it, but second half was really tough for them. But uh, Derek Carr and the offense, they came up clutch at the end at least. They drove down to kick a field goal and win the game. So they got the job done, but again, I wasn't too impressed. The run game wasn't really working that well. And yeah, at least uh, their defense played solid as uh, their defense isn't uh, the greatest. So uh, it's a decent win, but I feel like it could have been a much better showing for the Raiders. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, uh, this Browns team was a little depleted. I mean, uh, you still uh, they still squeezed out the win. I will give them that. We'll move to the Browns now. Nick Mullins was our quarterback. He threw 147 yards and a passing touchdown. In terms of rushing, Nick Chubb, 23 carries, 91 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then for receiving, Donovan Peoples-Jones, four catches for 48 yards. David Njoku, three catches for 29 yards. And Richard Higgins, three catches for 24 yards. While Harrison Bryant had two catches for 11 yards and a receiving touchdown. I guess, Nate, getting two on the Browns, I guess, what are your thoughts on your team? really rough uh, week. Speaking of next fan up, no Baker Mayfields, no Case Keenum, no Kareem Hunt either or Jarvis Landry. So they just had to work with um, who they had. And it was really close. This was, this would have been a much, a much needed win for the Browns, but unfortunately they weren't able to overcome the, I guess the big deficit that they had in the in the first half and the Raiders were able to I guess put the final nail in the coffin with the six points in the fourth quarter so I feel like um the next few weeks for the Browns are going to be um can the defense keep them in the in the game to try to I guess uh, win and it's gonna be a really tough going forward considering who they have on the schedule 
I was going to say uh, to win the division, they're probably going to have to win out at this point to make the playoffs, probably a similar situation to that. So it is really tough for the Browns right now. Hopefully they can get things back on track next week. Um, I guess uh, moving to the next game here, um, uh, the second Monday night game, the Vikings being the Bears 17 to nine. Um, I guess just looking at the stats here for the Vikings, um, Kirk Cousins, only 87 passing yards, but he had two passing touchdowns and an interception. In terms of rushing, Dalvin Cook, 28 carries for 89 rushing yards. Then through the air, Justin Jefferson, four catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. KJ Osborne, three for 21. And Amir Smith, uh, Marset had one catch for seven yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Terry, I'll get to you on the Vikings. I guess um, a win's a win. Yeah, a win's a win. Um, you're probably fighting for a wild card spot at this rate because I mean the Rams have that first wild card spot on lock and then you got the Eagles at seven and seven and I believe the Saints are at seven and seven as well yeah seven and seven I guess at Bucks well at that Bucks win um I believe the I'm not a thousand percent sure who has the tiebreaker between all these three teams so just trying to win as much of these games so you don't have to rely on the tiebreaker I believe they played the Packers on the 2nd of January, which is kind of going to decide the fate for them. And then they also played the Rams before that on, I believe, Boxing Day. So good luck to them on against that defense. And then they close out their, I believe, season against the Bears again. So hopefully they can win two of three and they can see themselves in the playoff spot. Yeah, honestly, you get divisional wins like this. It always helps with that tiebreaker stuff. So, um, yeah, good win for the Vikings. Uh, getting to the Bears now, Justin Fields, 285 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, he also had uh, seven carries on the ground for 35 yards, so a good game for Fields. David Montgomery, 18 carries for 60 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Cole Komet, six catches for 71 yards. Darnell Mooney, five for 63. And Demir Bird had five catches for 62 yards, while Jesper Horstead had one for... 19 and a receiving touchdown i guess nate i'll bounce to you next um i guess what are your thoughts on the bears i feel like uh the bears they've been starting to improve i know they didn't uh win but uh like the vikings are a pretty good uh i guess team and score wasn't um really ideal but they were able to get downfield so now they just have to figure out how to get into the end zone off yeah, um, if they hadn't found the end zone there late in the game, um, I don't think they they would have for pretty much the game. So at least they were able to get it there. And yeah, um, Bears, it's been a rough year for them. Uh, hopefully with a young quarterback like Fields, they can sort of turn things around for next season. We'll get to the next game. There were two games on Tuesday. Uh, the first one, the LA Rams being the Seattle Seahawks, 20 to 10. Uh, looking at the stats for the Rams, um, Matthew Stafford, 244 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. In terms of rushing, Sony Michelle, 18 carries for 92 yards. Uh, Darrell Henderson, six carries for 23 yards. Then through the air, Cooper Cup, nine catches, 136 yards and two receiving touchdowns. That's insane how he does this every week. Uh, ben uh, Sokronik had um, four catches for 42 yards. Sony Michelle had two for 23, as well as Van Jefferson, who had two for 23 uh, Metti, I'm going to bounce to you on the Rams. I guess it's a pretty big divisional win for them. Yeah, it's a nice win. Back-to-back uh, -back divisional wins for the Rams. And this is the first season the Seahawks will have a losing record with Russell Wilson. So 
that's pretty crazy to think about. And I know COVID sucks, but honestly, one positive we get from it is last couple of years, we've had Tuesday night games. We had a Wednesday night game last year. So yeah, it's pretty cool to have football on days we usually don't. But outside of that, obviously COVID is uh, horrible, but let's get back to football here. Uh, the Rams, they have a legit shot of winning the division now. Uh, the Cardinals were off to a great start, but they're kind of slumping lately, and the Rams are catching fire when they need to. So, yeah, they could go from wild card to a top four seed. So let's see how things turn out at the end of this season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday night games are great as fans, but I guess the players, they hate it because short week and all that. But um, yeah, um, definitely uh, tough for the Seahawks or, or uh, tough for the Seahawks this year, and uh, really solid for the Rams in this game. Um, I'll get to uh, the Seahawks now. Russell Wilson, 156 passing yards and an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, uh, DJ Dallas eight carries for 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. Rashad Penny 11 for 39. Then in terms of receiving, Gerald Everett four catches for 60 yards. DK Metcalf six catches for 52 yards, and really not much else there. Um, I guess, Terry, I'll bounce to you. Uh, this is a rough game for the Seahawks. A lot of players out, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is rough. I mean, with guys like Chris Carson out, I believe for the season, not a thousand percent sure about that. Tyler Lockett's out. Russell Wilson's playing with a banged up. I don't know what at this rate, whether it be hand, wrist, thigh, I don't know. Um, it's just not their year. You got teams that are passing them when it comes to becoming more of a complete team. 49ers are getting healthy day by day, week by week. Then you got the Cardinals picking up everyone they could have found last year in free agency. And then the Rams just spent another first, second, and third rounder on another key defensive player in Von Miller. Um, as I said, it's not their year. Some things don't go their way. Injuries is the unfair advantage or the unfair play this time around. Um, just do what you can, find out who's going to be uh, getting reps, whether it be rookies or practice squad guys in the next two to three games and regroup in the offseason. Yeah, for sure. Um, it has been a rough ride for the Seahawks team. Definitely going to have some changes coming in the offseason for sure. Uh, moving to the last game on the slate, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles being the Washington football team, 27 to 17. Um, solid win for the Eagles as they're trying to gain ground there. Um, division might be out of reach, but for a playoff spot for sure. Um, in terms of passing, Jalen Hurts, 296 passing yards and a passing touchdown with an interception. Uh, in terms of rushing, Miles Sanders, 18 carries for 131 rushing yards. Jalen Hurts had eight carries for 38 yards and two touchdowns, while Jordan Howard, 15 carries for 69 yards. In terms of receiving, Dallas Goddard, seven catches, 135 yards. Jalen Rager, three for 57. Devontae Smith, three for 40. And Greg Ward, two catches, 28 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Eagles. I guess, what are your thoughts on the win? Yes, this was a much-needed win by the Eagles, and they had a pretty um, solid game. Yes, they were able to score consistently in um, every quarter against uh, Washington defense that hasn't really been the same, but I feel like they started to take, uh, pick it up a little bit, bit by the end of the season. So I feel like this was a decent win. Yeah, for sure. You're right. They have been picking it up. Um, whether it's Minshew or Hurts, they've been getting wins. So, yeah, good on the Eagles there. 
get to Washington now. Garrett Gilbert played quarterback there. Mete knows him pretty well. Um, he had 194 passing yards. Uh, in terms of rushing, um, Antonio Gibson, 15 carries for 26 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Jarrett Patterson, four for 20 and a rushing touchdown. And then through the air, uh, Terry McLaurin, two catches, 51 yards. Antonio Gibson, six catches for 39 yards. Ricky Seals-Jones, four for 29. And John Bates had one catch for 29 yards. Mete, I'll bounce to you, I guess. What are your thoughts on Washington? Yeah, they kind of got unlucky in the sense that uh, no Taylor Heineke, and then their backup, they lose as well, Kyle Allen. So like you said, they're down to their third string, Garrett Gilbert. And honestly, he didn't do too bad, I think. He had a solid completion percentage. The yards weren't great. He didn't have a touchdown, but he didn't turn the ball over. So I don't think he was the problem. The run game was really tough. Uh, Antonio Gibson only averaging 1.7 yards per carry. That's not going to cut it. Uh, Patterson, he did a bit better. Five yards a carry, but he only got four carries. So, yeah, when you're down to your third string quarterback, you got to help him out with the running game. And if you can't, uh, they're just going to focus on the on the throwing offense. And, yeah, you see what happens. So uh, it's tough for them. And we'll see how they do next week against the Cowboys. Yeah, definitely. I think this is one of the best games we've seen the Eagles play all year. They really came out to play. Obviously, Washington was banged up. And yeah, we'll definitely have to see how they do next week. Uh, that's going to be the end of week 15's recap. So we're going to move into the fantasy football pickups. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll just get right back to you. I guess, who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so I won't lie to you guys. I didn't see a lot of running backs I liked and uh, except one guy, but you guys picked him. So I just went with Rex Burkhead. He's only 10% owned and he's playing for the Houston Texans. Uh, he doesn't put up the greatest numbers, but he's guaranteed touches. So yeah, under the 50% mark, I only saw one guy who's pretty much guaranteed touches and outside of him, it was Rex Burkhead. So I decided to go for Burkhead. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, if he's get catching passes like he normally does, definitely a guy that can get you, you know, um, a decent uh, day in fantasy. Um, I guess for me, I have Ronald Jones running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we saw Leonard Fournette get injured. He hasn't been practicing as of right now, so I'm not sure what his status is. Um, there's a chance Ronald Jones walks into a minimum of 12 to 15 touches and red zone opportunities as well. So um, definitely a guy you should be going to pick up, especially if you're a Leonard Fournette owner and in a tough fantasy playoff matchup. Uh, definitely a guy you want to have on your roster. Uh, Terry, I'll bounce to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? I was going to say Duke Johnson until I heard the news that the head coach was going to say it's every running back for himself. And then I was like, all right, it's no point in doing that. Let me go with the guy that's backing up pound for pound Austin Eckler. And that's Justin Jackson. He's only available in 8% of, or he is available in 92% of leagues as of today. And he is playing against the Houston Texans defense. With that said, I feel like he might be a running back one, maybe a running back two. Might be bold, but a pound for pound can do it. I feel like a guy that's at least a little bit bigger than him can definitely do it, especially that's not getting worked a lot this season. Yeah, definitely monitor Eckler's status. If Eckler doesn't play, Jackson could walk into a boatload of carries there. 
Um, Nate, I'll get to you. Who's your running back pickup for the week? I guess for the week, I know Dearest Johnson didn't have the best week last week, but um, I'm still, I guess, going to go to him mainly because Kareem Hunt is still out. So they're going to need someone to do um, the catching back stuff. So it looks like they're asking Dearness Johnson to do that still. So as, as long as um, I guess they need to lean to the pass for um, running back, I feel like Dearness Johnson might be a good pick for that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Cleveland's been banged up most of the year at this point. Uh, definitely depth guys you can get there. You have a chance to get um, yards and touchdowns off of them for sure. Um, I guess, um, Mete, I'll move to you for wide receivers. I guess, who do you have for the week? Yeah, for wide receivers, I went with Josh Reynolds, another guy who's only sitting at 10%, so he should be available in almost all the leagues. And he plays for the Detroit Lions. So I've been, I think a couple of weeks ago, I've been uh, advising people to pick him up. And yeah, I'm going back to him. He's looked uh, great with the Lions. Like I said, last time he's got chemistry with Jared Goff from their Los Angeles Rams days. So yeah, Goff likes him. He gives him targets. Uh, they've got chemistry. Why not, you know? Yeah, for sure. And um. I guess, Terry, I'll move to you now. Who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? My wide out pickup for the week is uh, Ramon St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. He's only 32% owned. I would have said Russell Gage, but he's over 50% owned, and he's probably going to be picked up this week. If you can't find Gage, I feel like going with Amar St. Brown will be perfect. I mean, for the past few weeks, he's been targeted probably, I want to say probably 11, 12 times across weeks 15 13 so hey if he's getting the targets in the offense you might as well target him as a possible flex candidate on your roster for waiver wire week all right and i guess for my wide receiver pickup of the week i have gabriel davis from the buffalo bills he's caught touchdowns in three straight games um i think he's the wide receiver two on this team at the moment behind stefan diggs cole beasley i think got on the COVID-19 list. It looks like Emmanuel Sanders might not play again this week. And I mean, they're facing the Patriots. It looks like JC Jackson will be shadowing Stefan Diggs. So, I mean, this could be four straight games that Davis finds the end zone. So um, this is a time to plug him into your lineup, um, flex spot, maybe wide receiver three, something like that. Uh, plug him in and he shouldn't disappoint. Uh, Allen should be targeting him a lot this week. Uh, he's only around 20% rostered uh, in Yahoo League. So he's widely available. Go at him up. He's a good player. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for your wide receiver pickups for the week. I guess for wide receivers, I was looking more into, I guess, um, Jets players mainly because they're facing the Jaguars uh, and the Jaguars don't really have the best defense. So I was thinking of either Jamison Crowder because he's been getting the most targets or maybe Braxton Berrios if um, Jamison Crowder ends up not playing because Crowder is questionable. So I feel like one or either one of those players are probably going to get um, more targets and they might get more completions, possibly some touchdowns against the Jaguars. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely a good matchup to capitalize on in the fantasy playoffs, especially if you're in a deep league. Um, I guess for my quarterback pickup for the week, as we move there, um, I have Justin Fields. And the reason I have him is because he's been really solid in his past uh, few games here, uh, ever since he came back from that injury. Um, He's just played really solid. I mean, I feel like the Seahawks team is a team that you can take advantage of in terms of offense. Um, 
And yeah, I fully expect him to, you know, pass the ball. He's thrown over 220 passing yards in his past two games. He's thrown at least a passing touchdown in both of those games. And he's rushed on the ground. So he's got that rushing floor there for you. Um, He's more of those safe options. Like if you have a good team, you don't have a great quarterback, you're in a tough playoff matchup and you want a quarterback that'll get you a decent floor. You can definitely look at uh, Justin Fields, especially like super flex leagues, two quarterback leagues. It's really solid. Uh, Definitely go add him up. And I guess, uh, Nate, I'll bounce to you for quarterbacks. Who do you have? I guess you could maybe take a look at either Jimmy G or Ben Roethlisberger. Um, in terms of um, matchups, I feel like maybe uh, Jimmy Jimmy G might be able to do something considering uh, Tennessee doesn't have the best pass defense. So he might end up um, getting, I guess, an unexpected amount of, amount of points if you pick him up. And... I guess Ben Roethlisberger is kind of in a similar position, but I guess it's hard to say exactly because Kansas City is Kansas City, but they've been giving up a lot of points and trying to rely on outgunning other teams. So as long as they're doing that, you might be able to pick up Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, at this point, um, Seahawks are up and down when it comes to points. I know they faced a good Chargers team. Maybe that's why they gave up some points. I know Chargers definitely left a lot of points on the table, so there might be room to exploit them there. Um, I guess we'll move to tight end. Uh, now, Metti, I'll get to you. Who's your tight end for the week? Yeah, speaking of the Seahawks, I've got Gerald Everett, uh, 38% owned. So he might not be there, but there's a chance. And yeah, like I said, he's on the Seattle Seahawks. He led the team in receptions and possibly receiving yards. Uh couple days ago so yeah uh i like the fact that russell wilson ever since he came back he's been targeting gerald everett a lot this is another guy i advised a couple weeks ago i said the same thing it just seems like russell wilson really trusts him so yeah i like the fact that he gets the targets he's got a good quarterback throwing to him so yeah i think he's a great pickup yeah, for sure. Definitely agree with you. He's been getting the targets. That's one thing you got to look for when you're looking to pick up tight ends. So definitely go take a look at him. Uh, Terry, I'll bounce to you. Who's your tight end for the week? One guy I got in mind, got to be Cole Clement. I mean, ever since Justin Fields came back from his injury, it's either the Darnell Mooney show, as James would know, or it would be the Cole Clement show. I mean, this past week, he had nine targets, six receptions, 71 yards. Unfortunately, he didn't get the touchdown, but Hey, you can't always get everything you want. I mean, with that said, if he does get a touchdown, that's probably a, I want to say tight end one type of week. But that, but hey, it's tight end, so you take what you can get. You know what I mean? Only twelve. Yeah, he's only twenty five percent owned. Outside of that, I mean, you could target a Ricky Seals Jones. You're trying to find the lightning in the bottle, but outside of that, that's all I got for you, man. All right, and Nate, I'll bounce to you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? I guess I was going to go with um, Austin Hooper mainly because uh, the Browns, they need to, I guess, pass a little bit more against the Packers. So I'm hoping that uh, someone on tight ends will get some more targets. Normally, I guess David Njoku is more of the tight end that gets catches, but he is questionable. So I'm thinking if Austin Hooper is healthier, they might end up giving him the targets. And I think the last time he ended up getting six targets against Baltimore, he ended up having 11 fantasy points. 
I don't know if he's going to get 11 again, but I feel like he should be able to do something. All right. And yeah, that's a good pickup there. And it'll bring us to the end of our pickups for the week. Uh, so we'll move right into the preview now. Um, we're going to start with the Thursday game, um, San Francisco versus Tennessee. Matt, I'll let you preview that one. All right. So for San Francisco in standard leagues, I'd go for Debo Samuel, Jeffrey Wilson, uh, Elijah Mitchell is out, so looks like he he'll get his usual uh, role of uh, starting running back when Elijah Mitchell's not there. And then George Kittle. And then deeper leagues, you could look at Jimmy Garoppolo. He's been playing pretty good lately. And then Brandon Ayuk, if you're desperate at wide receiver. For the Tennessee Titans in standard leagues, uh, Dante Foreman, he's been playing great. A.J. Brown, I'm hearing he's got a good chance to play uh, tomorrow. So you definitely got to play him. And then deeper leagues, if you're desperate at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, he's had a rough year. Uh, Nick Westbrook, if you're desperate. And Chester Rogers as well, if you're desperate for a wide receiver. Yeah, I heard there's a chance Julio Jones even suits up, uh, so it must not have been a serious injury. So uh, you could probably roll him out, probably only in deep leagues at this point. Um, yeah, let's just move right into the matchup now. Uh, it looks like the 49ers are favored uh, by three points in Tennessee. Uh, Mette, I'll start with you. I guess, which side do you like here? I kind of like Tennessee. Like you said, this game is in Tennessee. And uh, yeah, like uh, A.J. Brown and Julio Jones might be back. So. Uh, yeah, they're given the points. I like the Titans here. All right, Terry, I'll move to you. I guess which side do you like here? Really a gambling man when it comes to football. But I mean, uh, it's my say this. Uh, 49ers are favored by three. By three? Yeah. I might have to take the 49ers on that. I mean, Titans offense is kind of looking putrid. Uh, outside of that, going on is game. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? I feel like the factor is mainly going to be run instead of pass because even if um, A.J. Brown does come back, um, San Francisco does have a pretty decent pass defense. So I feel like it's going to come down to can the Titans get down the fields um, with their run. So I feel like um, I'd still take the 49ers there. Yeah, honestly, I think it depends for me whether Julio and A.J. Brown are back. I would definitely open things up as the 49ers. Uh, they will probably be able to stop anything the Titans bring their way in terms of rushing. Um, right now, I am leaning the 49ers as well. I definitely think they can get this win. They've been on fire lately. I just expect them to keep rolling. And uh, we'll move to the first Saturday game. Uh, it's the Green Bay Packers against the Cleveland Browns. Nate, I'll get to you that for that for fantasy. So I guess for Green Bay, you can take a look at um, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and then maybe in uh, deep leagues, A.J. Dillon, Alan Lazard. Um, I guess I have to put Marquez Valdez-Gantling because he went off for 20. And assuming you had him on the bench because you didn't think he was going to do well, you were probably kicking yourself. So it's you're basically trying to time will Marcus Valdez-Scantling get enough targets and if you feel confident about that then I guess why not start him and then I guess for the Browns um, maybe you can take a look at um, Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, maybe uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, 
and I guess Austin Hooper. Yeah, probably only start MVS if you're desperate because the goose egg game is probably coming soon. So just be aware of that. I've definitely had that uh, happen to me before with him. And uh, we'll get to the spread here. Um, it's seven and a half in favor of the Packers at home. I guess, Nate, uh, which side are you on here? Uh, it's really uh, tough, for, tough for me to say that the Browns can cover this because the, the Browns are looking depleted on offense and on defense as well. I think Clowney is out. Garrett's questionable. So, and I think Newsom's out as well. So it's going to be really tough to, for the Browns to contain um, the Packers. And the Browns are going to have to play the offensive game of their lives in order to cover this. So in my heart, I want to say the uh, pick the Browns, but my head's telling me go with the Packers. All right. Um, I guess, Mete, I'll get to you. I guess, which side do you like here? I like the Browns if uh, Baker Mayfield can play. They've been playing in a lot of close games recently. Uh, the defense is playing great. So, yeah, I think if Baker Mayfield is in, I think they could cover this. All right, Terry, bouncing to you. Packers favored by seven and a half. Which side do you like? I'm going to be the nicest Bengals fan as I can for Nathan right now. And I'll say Packers next question. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to side with you as well. I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers is slowly creeping into that MVP conversation. And the Packers have just been rolling. And I mean, Brown's going into Lambeau banged up. Like, this is not a good situation for them. Packers are the best team against the spread this season. I think I'm just going to keep going with them. Um, moving on to the next game, uh, another Saturday night game. That's the Indianapolis Colts against the Arizona Cardinals. I guess I'll preview that game. Um, in terms of the Cardinals, you can probably roll out Kyler Murray, um, James Conner, if he plays. If not, roll out Chase Edmonds. He should start in his place. Um, you can roll out Christian Kirk. Um, he's been getting a lot of targets. Um, AJ Green, since Hopkins is probably going to be out. And Zach Ertz got a lot of targets uh, for the past couple of weeks, so you can roll him out as well. And a deep league guy would probably be like Rondell Moore. And then for the Colts, uh, you're starting Jonathan Taylor, um, and you're probably starting Mike Pittman. Um, he did have a rough game, um, but it was against the Patriots, obviously. J.C. Jackson shadowing, obviously. Um, so I think that you could probably look his way this week. Um, and then deep league guys would be like Carson Wentz, Nynam Hines, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Zach Pascal, and Moali Cox. Uh, so we'll get to the spread now. Um, looks like the Cardinals are favored by one at home. Um, Mete, I'll get to you. Uh, which side do you like? Uh, this is a good question. I'm expecting a close game. But one is like uh, the smallest spread you can have. So the Cardinals are home. I think I'll go with the Cardinals. All right, Terry, getting to you. Uh, which side do you like here? Uh, when you said the spread for this game was one, I thought you were joking. But, I mean, the Cardinals are 10-4. You got to go with these guys. They're hot right now. You got Kyle Murray at QB. Eight, old school A.J. Green, Zach Ertz. I mean, this is an offensively, not challenge, but elite team. So you got to go with the offensively elite team. And, uh, Nate, I'll move to you. Uh, which side do you like here? The Colts are pretty hot, but – they're not the best against the pass, and the Cardinals have an amazing quarterback in Kyler Murray, and they have a 
pretty uh, pretty solid, I guess, wide receiver lineup. And they they have to bounce back after losing to the Lions. So I'm going to Cardinals. Yeah, um, I guess looking at this game, I'm probably the only one who likes the Colts here. I think that they definitely can continue their winning ways. Um, I know, I think there were teams that were favored, like the Bills were favored by seven against them. Um, like different teams favored by like big numbers and the Colts actually won outright. They didn't just cover, they won outright. I think maybe this is the time they can capitalize on a banged up Cardinals team. Um, it's going to be tougher since uh, Cardinals are at home, but I think there is a chance the Colts can get it done. So I'm going to go with them. All right, moving on to the next game. Uh, we got Baltimore versus Cincinnati. I guess, Terry, I'll get to you on this one. All right, so y'all really changed it up from a year ago. So let me see if I got this right. If I'm starting anyone in standard league, I'm starting Lamar Jackson or Tyler Huntley in standard leagues as a high, a high quarterback one or a high quarterback two. Devontae Freeman, running back two, if anything. Hollywood Brown, running back two. Rashad Bateman, I'll run at flex. Mark Andrews, tight end one. Sits and deep league starts would probably be Latavius Murray, Devin DuVernay, and whoever else I didn't just mention. Um, Cincinnati now. Joe Burrow, most likely a high quarterback too. Joe Mixon, if he does start, it's going to be a running back one automatically. Jamar Chase, run, I was going to say running back. Wide out one. T. Higgins, wide out two. Tyler Boyd, flex option. And deep league starts would be C.J. Zome at tight end. Samaji Piran at running back. And don't even pay attention to anyone outside of those three at wide out when it comes to deep league starts and sits. That's all I got. All right. And uh, we'll just move right into the spread now. Bengals are favored by three. Terry, do you think they can pull it off? Uh, I mean... True fan in me says yes, but um, this all depends on Lamar Jackson. If he's healthy, go with Ravens no matter what. But if Huntley's in it, I would say go with the Bengals. So this all falls on the former MVP's availability. So all right, and yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, let's say he's out. Hopefully, I will go with Bengals. All right, so um, I guess I'll let you say the Bengals at this point, since we don't know his status. Um, and then uh, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess, which side are you on? Um, it's really hard to say because both teams have been pretty solid. Um, I feel like the Bengals have pretty good offense. The only thing is, um, will they be able to stop the pass? Because I know Lamar, Lamar Jackson's really underrated in terms of his passing game, but at the same time, he, he um, is a good um, passer, and I guess he has um, some really good, I guess, receivers. He has Mark Andrews as well, and the Bengals don't have the best pass defense. Might be close. So, yeah, I guess I'll just go with the Bengals. Why not? All right, and um, I guess, Mete, moving to you, guess, which side are you on? Yeah, I just checked the reports. As of today, Lamar is not practicing. And the Bengals, they've got the best uh, divisional record in the division. They're at home. It all points towards a Bengals win. So, yeah, I'm going with the Bengals. Who they? 
<laughs> all right and um yeah i guess looking at this game for me i think the ravens last couple games they haven't had lamar jackson but they've been able to keep the spread under three so i mean um i guess at that pace i expect them to to be able to cover here i mean they could even lose by one point again they could lose by two points again but yeah i think i like the ravens to cover here um moving on to the next game la chargers against houston texans matt will get you that one for fantasy all right, so for the Chargers, standard leagues, you're going for Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, if he can clear the protocols. If not, uh, someone had Justin Jackson as the pickup of the week. So, yeah, you could run Justin Jackson for sure. Uh, Keenan Allen, of course, and then Mike Williams having a great year. Deeper leagues, uh, Jared Cook, if you're desperate for a tight end. Houston, uh, standard league, only guy I'm trusting is Brandon Cooks. He's been the only reliable player in that offense. And then deeper leagues, if you're really desperate, Davis Mills is looking better. And then Rex Burkhead was my pickup of the week. So, yeah, if you're desperate and you're in a deep league for a running back, uh, you could definitely take a look at him. Right. And I guess uh, we'll get to the spread for this game. It looks like the Chargers are favored by 10 points. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you. Uh, which side do you like? Uh, 10 points is kind of scaring me. The Texans, they're not looking too bad under Davis Mills lately. And they're at home. So, yeah, let's just go with the Texans. Why not? All right. And Terry, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? I'm going to go with the Chargers, but now that I hear it's 10, I don't know about it, man. Like, that's the only part that scares me, as Mente was saying. But it's, I mean, it's a Texan squad we're talking about. I feel like they can cover that, so let's go Chargers here. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you, I guess. Uh, which side do you like here? I mean, the Chargers are deeper on paper, they, and on paper they have better players, so I guess I'll go with the Chargers. Yeah, I guess for me, all I can say is if the Chargers want to keep going for it on fourth down, this is a team they'll be able to get it on. So I feel like they could pretty much blow up the score because I know Kansas City, they can stop the run. They can stop the pass. The Texans, I'm not really at this point. So, yeah, give me the Chargers as well. Um, moving to the next game, um, Detroit against Atlanta. Nate, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. So for Detroit, I guess you can take a look at uh, maybe Craig Reynolds because he's been getting the start so far for a running back. And then in deep leagues, maybe among Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Freeman. DeAndre Swift, normally you'd be able to start him, but he's been questionable so far. And there's a chance he might not be playing. So yeah, you might not uh, be able to start him this week. And for Atlanta, you can take a look at Cordero Patterson, Russell Gage, Carl Pitts, and in deep leagues, maybe Mike Davis and uh, Aiden Hurts. All right, uh, we'll get to the spread now. Uh, looks like the Falcons are favored by five and a half. I guess, uh, uh, Nate, getting to you, which side are you on? It's kind of a toss-up because uh, we just saw the Lions pull off an upset that shouldn't have happened. And the Falcons don't really have the best defense, so they could end up giving away yards that they're not supposed to give up or touchdowns that they're not supposed to give up as well. And it's five and a half. So if it ends up being like five or something, the Lions will like barely cover that. So I guess I'll just be different and go with the Lions. 
All right. And uh, Mete, I'll get to you. Which side are you on here? Mate, I'm sorry. You're not going to be different as I really like the Lions here. Uh, they've been looking much better lately outside of the last week's performance against the Broncos, uh, which they had the emotions and motivation going for them. I think the Lions are playing much better. And yeah, uh, for those reasons, I like the Lions. They're the underdogs. I think they can cover. All right, Terry, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like here? I'm missing something here because both of y'all are taking the lines right now. I mean, it's five and a half. It's the it's the Falcons. I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, now, now y'all got me thinking about the Lions now, man. <laughs> Boy. Yeah, I mean, I I'm, I might be on the same side as you, Terry, just because I feel like the Lions, they'd have to probably win outright to cover this. They're not normally known for winning, like, uh, close games, like, especially as we saw last week, it was a blowout. Um, the Falcons aren't as bad as we think they are. I think we're kind of underrating the Falcons right now. And always with the Lions, there's always that letdown game after the big win. So I think, Terry, yeah, I'm going to agree with you and go with the Falcons as well. Uh, we'll move to the next game now. Uh, it's Buffalo against New England. I'll preview that for fantasy. Um, for the Bills, um, you're starting guys like Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Dawson Knox, and I would roll out Gabriel Davis as well. And then for deep league, uh, if Emmanuel Sanders plays, you could roll him out. Um, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are also deep league plays if they uh, if Moss uh, plays. Um, and then getting to the Patriots, uh, Damian Harris, if he plays, if not, Ramondre Stevenson is going to be the starter, so you can roll him out. Obviously, he had a big uh, day against um, them last time. So um, any running back against the Bills at this point, just roll them out. And Hunter Henry has looked really solid. You can probably roll him out at tight end. And Jacoby Myers in PPR leagues, he gets a lot of catches. You can probably roll him out as well. Uh, deep league guys would be like Mac Jones, Kendrick Bourne, John o. Smith, and Brandon Bolden. When I don't know if Nelson Aguilar is going to play, if he is maybe in a deep league. Um, we'll get to the spread now for this game. Um, it looks like the Patriots are favored this time around, uh, being at home at two and a half. Uh, and Mette, I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like? Uh, good question. Two and a half. Not that big of a spread. Patriots are home, but. I don't know. I feel like the Bills are going to go on a run and win out. So I'll go with the Bills. All right, Terry, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side are you on here? I mean, the Bills. For some reason, I feel like what Mente says is true. And they might win out all their games. And this, and this will start with the Patriots. All right, Nate, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like? I guess um, I feel like the Patriots do have a chance of winning, but I'm only going with the Bills mainly because this is normally the Bills are favored in most of their matchups. So I guess taking the Bills as the underdog, why not? Yeah, I mean, um, it's really tough for the Patriots to win back to back games. Of course, I'm going to side with the Patriots after seeing what happened last game. Um, they pretty much ran whatever they wanted on Buffalo and they couldn't do anything about it. Um, it looks like that, uh, you know, um, uh, JC Jackson's going to be on Stefan Diggs again. Um, 
it's just a tough matchup overall. This game's going to come down to the wire, and it's whichever team you think is going to pull it out. Of course, the fanboy in me might be saying the Patriots, but I'm going to have to do it. They've been really solid this year. Um, I guess getting to the next game, um, it's going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars against the New York Jets. Uh, Terry, I'll get to you on that one from fantasy. I don't know if I would even stop anyone coming from these two teams, to be honest with you. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> has been a disgrace for me in fantasy. Uh, James knows it. Nathan knows it. Mente knows it. Half of our league knows it. Outside of that, I mean, well, I lied. James Robinson is still running back one if he is fully healthy and he still gets all the touches he can get. Outside of that, I mean, Laquan Treadwell, he does look like an interesting wideout three if you guys have it. Flex option if you're desperate. Same goes with Marvin Jones, wideout three or flex. Outside of that, deep league starts may be there on Gombole if he does get a little bit of the split backfield with James Robinson. Outside of that, LaVisca Chanel at wideout and James O'Shaughnessy at tight end. If you didn't hear anyone else's names, consider them uh, deep leagues starts or sits as well. And that's all I got to say. And then to the Jets, anyone? Oh, boy. Don't even get me started with the Jets. I mean, at most, you could start Jamison Crowder. And if Michael Carter's healthy, you can roll with him. But outside of that, <laughs> I mean... I wouldn't start Zach Wilson, Talvin Coleman, Keenan Cole Sr. I wouldn't even start the tight end. So at this rate, deep league sits or or even deep league starts. So that's all I got to say, man. Yeah, it's really tough to trust either of these two teams. Like you said, James Robinson is probably your best bet if you're going to get a player from this game. Uh, we'll move into the spread now. Um, this game's either minus one or um, plus one, depending on where you go. So let's just make it a pick em. Terry, this pick em, are we going with Jacksonville or are the Jets going to be the Jets? <laughs> this way, is there even going to be a winner in this? This is going to be what Mente calls a toilet bowl. Uh, the Jaguars are probably going to be tanking for their first overall pick, so I might as well go with the Jets, and they will be the Jets. You know? All right. Uh, and uh, Nate, I'll get to you, I guess, which side do you like? I guess I'll go with the Jets as well, mainly because I guess I trust them to win a little bit more than the Jaguars right now. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah, I think you have to go with the Jets as well. They haven't looked too bad their last couple of games. I don't know whether, Mete, uh, you'll agree with me, but I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, I definitely agree. They're at home as well. And yeah, that's pretty much the only reason I'm picking the Jets. So let's go Jets. Yeah, it's been tough picking the Jets all year. I definitely agree with you there, but I, maybe they do have a chance of getting the win here. Um, Matty, I'll get to you uh, for Tampa Bay uh, versus Carolina. Okay, so for the Buccaneers, standard leagues, Tom Brady, Ronald Jones, looks like he's taking over as running back one. Mike Evans, if he's good to go. Uh, Antonio Brown, pretty sure he's returning. And then Rob Gronkowski. And Scotty Miller, now that Chris Godwin's out. I think he could get looks. And then for standard leagues, for the Panthers, Truba Hubbard, he had a rough week, but I think he could rebound. And then DJ Moore. Deeper leagues, if you're desperate for a quarterback, Cam Newton, he's got the rushing uh, ability. So that's always clutch for fantasy. And Robbie Anderson, he's looked much better with Cam Newton as the quarterback. All right, and uh, moving to the spread, the Bucks are favored by 10. Mete, which side are you on? Uh, 
the Bucks aren't home. They're kind of looking rough, but honestly, I think I got to go with the Bucks. Uh, yeah, the Panthers, they haven't won a game yet with Newton. And yeah, uh, I don't think they could even cover the 10 points. So let's go with the Bucks. All right, Terry, getting to you, uh, which side are you on here? Got to go with the Bucks here. I mean, most of the Panthers' losses were more than 10 points. I mean, it's hard for me to even look for a loss that's not under 10 points outside of that. Consider that loss last week for Bucks a write-off, and they'll get back on track against the Panthers. All right, Nate, getting to you, uh, which side do you like here? I feel like the Bucks match up pretty well against Carolina. Um, I feel like it's going to be a case where Carolina might end up getting downfield, but the Bucks are going to find a way to stop them from scoring somehow. So I'm going to go with the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say, I feel like this is like a Tom Brady revenge game from last week. He's going to be kind of cheesed that he couldn't get into the end zone last week. Probably put up a good performance. I mean, Ronald Jones is still a decent back if he starts. I mean, if they get Antonio Brown back, they still have some targets. Gronk's still there. I mean, and their defense has just been solid all year. 10 points should be uh, something they should be able to cover, so I'm going to go with them. And then moving on to the next game, um, it's going to be the LA Rams against the Minnesota Vikings. Nate, let me get to you on that one for fantasy. So I guess for the Rams, you can take a look at uh, Matthew Stafford. I guess maybe Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup, maybe Van Jefferson, um, maybe Daryl Henderson Jr. Odell, I'm not really too sure about. But I guess if you really believe in him, maybe. And then I guess for Minnesota, maybe Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, and then in deep leagues, Kirk Cousins, uh, maybe KJ Osborne and Tyler Conklin. But they've been a little bit cold, so it's hard to say for those two as well. All right. And uh, we'll get to the spread now. Rams are favored by three points in this game. Uh, Nate, which set are you on here? Vikings are at home, but I guess I'll just go with the Rams in it because they're, I feel like they're deeper on paper. All right. And uh, Terry, I'll move to you. I guess which side do you like here? I feel like the Vikings might lose more, but I'm not sure if it's going to be, you know, within three points or whatever. This way, give them the Rams because they're on a three-game winning streak and they're trying to make that push for the division championship. So, yeah. All right, Mette, I'll get to you. I guess which side do you like here? I honestly like the Vikings, and I think they could win. They're at home. They play to the level of their competition, and the Rams are a great team. So I'm expecting them to have a good game. And, yeah, they're – pretty much always in one possession games as well. So I like the Vikings here. Yeah, I think the Vikings do have a chance to win, but I like the Rams' chances a little bit better, especially the way they've been clicking on offense. Um, I feel like the Vikings' defense has been underwhelming. Uh, this game could probably be won like, by a touchdown or something. So yeah, I think I'm going to lean slightly with the Rams. And getting to the next matchup, uh, it's the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll preview that one for fantasy. Um, I guess for uh, the Giants, uh, you could probably start um, only Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. I don't think there's a lot of guys you can roll out from this team, um, considering Daniel Jones is most likely not going to play. 
Um, and you're not even going to be looking at Mike Glennon or, or anyone else at this point. Um, then for deep league guys, if Kadarius Tony's back, you could maybe roll him out there. Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, those guys are pretty much all deep league at this point. Um, and then getting uh, to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, you can roll out. Um, Miles Sanders, if he plays. Um, if not, um, all the other running backs, we don't know who's going to be getting the touches, so they're all deep league plays. Um, Dallas Goddard, you can start in standard leagues as well. He's been really solid. Then uh, deep league wide receivers, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. And then um, I guess take your pick from Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, and um, the other running back, Gainwell. Um, take your pick at this point. It's coach's decision who gets the carries at this point. Um, so, yeah, um, that's it for fantasy. And then moving to the spread, it looks like the Eagles are favored by 10. I guess, Mete, which side do you like? kind of a big spread but the eagles are home so i like that and giants are probably without daniel jones so yeah they haven't looked too great without him i think the eagles could cover hey terry getting to you i guess which side do you like if jones is out hammer down the eagles if somehow he makes a miraculous recovery and plays on sunday go with the giants that's all i gotta say so, Eagles. All right. Um, and Nate, I'll get to you. Uh, which side do you like here? Eagles do look healthier. And at the same time, I feel like um, the weapons on the Giants side have been a little bit cold lately. Um, Saquon hasn't been playing to his uh, potential. He can, he should be able to get downfield easily, but he hasn't been able to do that so far. So, I feel like I should go with Eagles. Yeah, I think I like the Eagles as well. They've just been playing pretty well. Um, yeah, no matter who's that quarterback, um, they've played uh, pretty well. And, I mean, the defense has been surprisingly really good this year. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles at uh, 10 points as well. Um, I guess just moving to the next game, um, Chicago against Seattle. I guess, Terry, I'll get to you for that preview. So, fantasy preview on Chicago's end of the football. You got to go Justin Fields as a quarterback to David Montgomery, running back one. Most likely Darnell Mooney, if you have a wide out three spot, throw him in there. If not, flex option. Deep leagues, uh, deep league, it unfortunately pains me, but you got to put Allen Robinson as a sit. And anything after that, you definitely got to sit at wide out. With deep league starts, you got to go Cole Clement and Khalil Herbert if somehow there becomes a split backfield with David Montgomery. And with Seattle side of the football, Russell Wilson, low end. I was going to say wide out, but he is a quarterback one. DJ Metcalf, that's our wide out one. Gerald Everett, I want to say a tweener. Uh, low tight end one, maybe high tight end two. And your deep league sits and starts shall be Alex Collins if he finds a way to be healthy. DJ Dallas as well at running back. Uh, Freddie Swain at wide out and Will Dissy at tight end. So if you, your players haven't been named, just sit them outright. But if you heard them, probably start them in deep leagues. Yeah, hopefully Tyler Lockett can come back from COVID because this team really needs him um, at this point. Um, and I'll get to the spread now. Uh, Seattle's favored by six and a half. Uh, Terry, I guess I'll start with you. Which side do you like? Um, if the spread is six and a half, I want to say go with the Seahawks here because, I mean, realistically, they are way better than the Chicago Bears, even though their record doesn't show it. 
uh, there's a ton of talent on this team, as well as the fact that you have the what's the word experience factor in yeah, in the Seahawks advantage. So give me Seahawks here. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like? Um, it's kind of hard to say because I think Tyler Lockett is out, but at the same time, they do have some guys that they can look to. Um, they still have Rashad Penny. DK Metcalf is questionable. Freddie Stone is questionable. And Chicago has an okay pass defense, but at the same time, even though Chicago's offense is improving, I'm not sure if it's, it's enough to kind of get them to win. So I'll go with the Seahawks. All right. And uh, Mete, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? Yeah, uh, the Bears have been kind of underwhelming. They were able to move the ball against the Vikings, but uh, I don't know. They weren't able to score points going for it a lot on fourth down couple turnovers I think and I've been picking them last couple weeks and I'm kind of getting tired of them so I like the Seahawks here yeah honestly I think what it comes down to for me is the Bears didn't have their offensive play caller last week I don't know whether he was out due to COVID or whatever but if he's back this week I don't mind backing the Bears their offense looked great against Green Bay um, I feel like with Matt Nagy calling the plays last week they took a step back I'm not a huge fan of him and his play calling um, I feel like he needs to be replaced at the end of this season. So, um, yeah, if their play caller does come back um, and he's calling the plays, I think Justin Fields can definitely keep this game close the way he's been playing lately. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bears on this. And then uh, moving to the next game, Pittsburgh against Kansas City. Nate, let me get to you for that preview. So I guess for uh, Pittsburgh, you can take a look at Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool and uh, Pat Fearmuth. And then for deep leagues, maybe uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Not really too sure about James Washington. And then for Kansas City, you can maybe take a look at Patrick Mahomes, quite a bit to learn, Barry Hill. And then in deep leagues, uh, Daryl Williams, Nicole Hardman, and uh, Byron Pringle. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be tough if they don't have Travis Kelsey this week. Um, I guess looking at the spread, they're still favored by seven and a half against the Steelers. I guess, which side are you on here? I mean, the Steelers do have a good defense, and I feel like um, Travis uh, Kelsey is their um, best receiver. So if he's not if he's not in, I feel like the Steelers have a chance to go. All right, Mete, what about you? Uh, seven and a half for the Chiefs. Which side do you like? Uh kind of a bigger spread and I don't know the Steelers have been really tough to call but I feel like they're one of those teams that they uh, play to the to their opponents levels so I think this could be a close game so I'll go with the Steelers all right and uh, Terry bouncing to you you like the Chiefs at seven and a half or do you like the Steelers somehow I feel like the Chiefs will pull this out I mean they're on a seven game winning streak as well uh, they're not going to let a team that's third in the, their division stop them in their way of getting eight. So that's all I'm going to say, Hammer Chiefs. I think I might go with Pittsburgh here. I feel like the Chiefs can still win. But I feel like this defense is going to frustrate Mahomes a little bit, uh, to be honest. Uh, it's going to be a tough game. I feel like it could come down to the wire. And in that case, I'll take the points with the Steelers. 
Uh, moving to the next game, Denver against the Vegas Raiders. Terry, let me get to you on that one for fantasy. Almost forgot that was my responsibility. Um, who to start for Denver? That's going to be a tough one. Uh, for sure, you start Javante Williams and MG3, uh, Melvin Gordon the third. Start them as your running backs, maybe two or your flex option, depending on how your situation is looking like. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, quarterback twos at most. Jerry Judy, I want to say wide out three, maybe wide out two. No offense, you're, if you're still rolling with him, you got to roll him as tight end one. And your deep league sits or deep league starts. Quoting Sutton, Tim Patrick. You could put him at flex if it, you're in your standard league, but that's all I'm going to say. And then Mike Boone at running back. Outside of that, if you didn't hear the guy's names, sit him. And for the Vegas Raiders, um, Derek Carr, quarterback two, possibly a quarterback one. Um, Josh Jacobs, running back one. Hunter Renfro, wideout two, flex, maybe wideout three. Uh, who else is there? Peyton Barber. Deep League sit. Same goes with Deshaun Jackson and Zay Jones. And I believe if Darren Waller is available, you start him, of course. And if not, Boston Monroe is going to be a tight end, too. All right. And uh, let's get to the spread now. Looks like the Raiders are favored by one point. Um, Terry, I guess, which side do you like? The Raiders are by one point. That's tough. I want to say... Yeah, why not? Give me the Raiders. If it's you said it was one, so might as well yeah. go. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like? Uh, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is out still, I think. So they're going to go with Drew Locke. And I feel like Bridgewater is better than Locke. And in terms of health, they're around the same. I think the Vegas Raiders have a bunch of people who are questionable, but. So do the Broncos. So I guess just have to go with the Raiders. All right, Mete, getting to you, which side do you like? Yeah, if uh, Bridgewater is confirmed out, I think I got to go with the Raiders. But if he plays, I think they've got a shot at winning the game. So it, I think it all depends on Teddy Bridgewater for me. But for now, I'll go with the Raiders. Yeah, I think I might like the Raiders as well. Um, this is, I think, their opportunity to rack up some wins against banged-up teams. They did it last week with the Browns. I think they can do it this week against the Broncos. So, yeah, um, I'll go with the Raiders as well. Um, and then for the Sunday night game, Washington football team against Dallas Cowboys. Matt, I'll get to you on that one for fantasy. Yeah, potential uh, division clincher for Dallas and on Sunday night football. So, great time to do it if they could. Let's get to fantasy for standard leagues. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz, CeeDee Lamb, Omari Cooper, and then deeper leagues, you could definitely look at Tony Pollard and Michael Gallup. For the football team standard leagues, uh, Antonio Gibson, even though he's had a rough year, still got to roll him out. And then Terry McLaurin, uh, deeper leagues, you could look at Taylor Heineke if he's good to go, Ricky Seals-Jones. And Adam Humphreys, I think he could be worth a look as he's getting more targets lately. And yeah, let's get to the spread. All right. So the spread, Dallas is favored by 10 and a half. Mete, do you think they can cover that? That's a big spread, but 
if Garrett Gilbert is the guy or Kyle Allen for the football team, I think they can cover that. If it's Taylor Heineke, though, uh, I would go with Washington as that's a pretty big spread. All right, and Terry, I'll move to you. I guess which side do you like here? Cowboys are favored by 10 and a half. Honestly, Cowboys, especially if the starting quarterback for the Washington football team is injured or still out. With that said, if Heineke somehow finds a way to come back, you got Hamburg, uh, Washington football team. But that's all I got to say. All right, Nate, I'll bounce to you. I guess which side do you like here? Yeah, I guess like what they, uh, what everyone else said, it's kind of depends on if Heineke's in. I guess I'm just going to assume that he's he's out and assuming that he's out, um, Cowboys should be able to cover. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys as well. Either way, uh, whoever's starting at quarterbacks, I feel like Washington's just banged up overall. Um, I don't feel like they stand a chance uh, away from home. Um, we heard what they're doing about bringing their team benches into Dallas. Uh, we all know how that works when you try and uh, play mind games. It doesn't usually go over that well. So I think Dallas should be able to get a big win this week. And then uh, moving to Monday's game, uh, it's the Miami Dolphins against the New Orleans Saints. I'll preview that one. Um, so for Miami, uh, you can start Miles Gaskin, assuming that he plays. Um, Jalen Waddle should be back, so roll him out. And Devontae Parker as well. Um, I guess for deep league guys, I'd probably say Tua just because uh, quarterbacks have had a tough time against the Saints. So maybe only start him in like a deep league. Mike Kosicki, um, he hasn't been consistent, so maybe just start him in a deep league as well. And I guess Duke Johnson, we got to see how much work he'll get this time around. So probably only roll him out in a deep league. Then for the Saints, Taysom Hill must start quarterback one. Um, Alvin Kamara must start running back one. Um, other than that, everyone else on that team is deep leagues, whether it's Mark Ingram, Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, and any tight end. Um, I guess moving to the spread now, um, it looks like the Saints are favored by three points at home. Nate, this time I'll start with you. I guess which side do you like? Um, it's kind of hard to say. Um, Miami has been pretty good so far, but the Saints just shut down the Buccaneers, so I guess I'll go with the Saints. All right, Terry, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like here? For some reason, I feel like the Dolphins find a way to beat on the dogs in this and get the win. Uh, outside of that, got nothing else to say for this matchup. Give me Dolphins. All right, Mete, bouncing to you, I guess, which side do you like here? Yeah, I'm with the Dolphins as well. They're giving the points. They're red hot. Uh, I'm going with the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this winning streak for the Dolphins against a Saints team that has been relatively good over the past few weeks, ever since they've started to get healthy. So um, it's a tough pick here for me. I might slightly lean with the Saints because I feel like they have the better defense. I feel like both offenses are decently efficient, but I feel like the Saints could frustrate Miami a little bit. Uh, with their defense. So yeah, I think I'm going to slightly lean uh, with the Saints here. And yeah, that's pretty much the end of the preview for week 16. Um, yeah, I think we pretty much covered everything at this point. So that's going to be the end of this Fanatics football episode. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. We'll be posting updated picks for all of these games. 
um, on each day that they fall on. So definitely go check that out. Um, check out the episode on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, comment, all that good stuff. And yeah, guys, uh, great episode today. A lot of great matchups coming up in week 16. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Thank you.